everyone, this is Dr. Robin with Let's Get Real About Education. Today we're going to talk about knowing where you've been to get to where you're going. Hello everyone, this is Dr. Robin and I am recording today from Hot Springs Village, which is in near Hot Springs in Arkansas. And I'm on my fall break. And I'm going to tell you, usually I don't take a fall break because that is a great time in my mind. That's a great time for me to catch up on unfinished business and work that I haven't gotten completed because the building is basically empty and I can just get so much done. But this year, I decided that I am going to take some time to myself and relax and rejuvenate and renew all that I've been feeling over Um, this semester, which we've already completed uh, nine weeks. We started pretty early this year, so we've already completed the nine weeks. However, this was a very different year. Everybody knows about COVID, and so we were doing a lot of virtual learning, and I work in elementary school that is preparing to transition to in-person learning for some of our students, and we actually had some special needs students um, that we've been working with over the past two weeks. So I've been pretty busy and doing a lot of things in the past few weeks that are different or outside of the norm. So I decided that I needed a vacation, which is something that we feel so guilty about doing and taking. It's just some time to ourselves. Um, But I'm actually recording from outside and I'm doing it on purpose because you will probably hear some sounds of nature. I really wish I had a video to go along with this so you can see how beautiful it is. I'm on the banks of a lake. It's in the middle of or the beginning of fall. So the leaves are changing. There are ducks that are flying back and forth. Every once in a while you hear some acorns fall on the deck. It's just really, I had a little chipmunk um, running around my my deck. It might have been a baby squirrel. But I had one of those running across my deck not too long ago. And so it's just really a tranquil feeling. And it was something that I realized I actually needed because I just haven't taken the time to myself and it actually rejuvenated me. So as a school administrator, especially one with all of the changes that we've been having, I'm sure um, if you're another school administrator or working in the educational field, you understand the burnout that comes with it. There are a lot of demands and and pressures put on educators today, especially as things change and evolve. It often starts with the educational system. And we're not necessarily equipped to um to deal with these situations either. But, you know, the demand and the challenges placed upon us and we're expected to meet that that demand. So taking some time to yourself is just really a great opportunity for everyone to or for you just to just to get recentered. So I kind of made an, an outline of what I wanted to talk about and I've kind of gotten ahead of myself. I wanted to first share with you what I've been up to. And as I mentioned, we've been up to figuring out how virtual learning and in-person learning is going to coexist. Because as I said, we're opening for um, in-person learnings when I return off of this break, this fall break that I'm on. However, We are still having some students that are electing to do virtual learning. I work at a relatively small school, 
sometimes that's a benefit, but sometimes it's a disadvantage because when it comes to assigning people to do certain tasks, you don't always have the manpower to do that. So one of the tasks that we've been, um, that has been presented to us is to have some teachers to teach virtually while others teach in person. And the problem that we've come up with is we don't have enough people to spread around. So what that means is there are some grade levels where a certain number of students have opted into virtual learning, but we can't take that grade level teacher and have her or him to do the virtual learning instruction because it would then leave the in-person teacher or teachers with too many students. So we've had to be pretty creative in who we assign to do virtual learning and how we assign teachers to do virtual learning. Then we run across issues such as I have a pre-K, um, a couple of pre-K classrooms, and some of them receive state funding. Well, if they receive state funding, you can't combine them with other grades, and it's just certain guidelines that you must comply with um, in order to meet their expectations. And it's kind of sometimes in direct conflict with the needs of your school. So again, we've had to find other ways to be creative in how we meet the needs of our students. So that's some of the stuff that I've been up to is just really trying to figure out how this transitioning was going to work. Another thing that I've been working on is a personal goal. I've been in education for about 21 years now. Oh, about 21 years. And so I feel very fulfilled with all that I've accomplished and all that I've done. But I also know that there's another 21 years of something else in front of me. I do think it's educationally related, but I'm kind of in that what's next phase. Um, and it's not about climbing a career ladder within my district as far as just being promoted, 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 but also trying to find ways to expand my expertise. So I've really been focusing and concentrating on what I can do to continue to go, grow professionally and to continue to feel fulfilled professionally and personally. So that's some of it. Um, then I wanted to talk a little bit about why this time is important for me. And it's important for a number of reasons. I've already expressed that I just needed a break because I've been doing a lot. But also, this is some family time. It really allowed me to reconnect with my family, with my children, um, find a place of peace with them, do some awesome um, learning experiences with them and bonding with them. So it's just been a really, really good time for all of us. So now that I've had this time, I can't let the time be in vain. I don't have any more excuses. Um, it's time for me to decide what's next. I know that I'm looking for fulfillment and I know that I have many years ahead of me. It's time for me to start planning on what's next. So I'm going to give you a few tips on how we can transition to the next level. Now, here's the thing. As I'm giving these tips, these tips are also for me because I'm learning for myself what I'm going to need to do. I actually had a conversation with a colleague slash friend yesterday, and I was just kind of sharing this information with him. He actually encouraged me to go ahead and do my podcast while I was on vacation because he was like, what better place um, than to tell your truth than, you know, being surrounded by nature. And I 
he felt like I should share it and I thought it was a great idea. So we'll be going through this journey together, which is kind of neat. It's kind of like a um, a living journal. You'll be able to go through it with me and I'm going to share, you know, throughout the weeks, my progress and how I'm doing. But what's next? So the first thing that I started doing was narrowing down my interest and focusing on really what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. So once you've done as 20 something years in a specific profession, you kind of feel like that defines you. That's who you are. Of course, that's your level of expertise, because I literally have maybe five degrees in education, at least four. One is in business. Um, but I have several degrees in education. I've done um, lots of different environments and settings in education. And so I do feel like that's my area of expertise. And I've kind of gone back and forth with how I build on that. Do I work in the college sector? Do I work as a consultant? You know, what is it exactly that I want to do and what I want to be? And so I would encourage all of you, when you look at your what's next, that's what you do. You narrow down and specifically decide what it is that you want to do. Sometimes the opportunity will just present itself and that works out perfectly. But then there are other times you have to make the opportunity. I feel like I'm in a situation where I'm going to have to make the opportunity. And I know what I'm, I think I know what I want to do. And I'll share that on another podcast, because right now I really want to focus on the steps to getting there. So you kind of focus on what it is that you want to do. And the way that I did that is, besides looking at my area of expertise, I also had to look at what was making me happy. Because if I got to spend another 20 something years doing this, I would like to be happy doing it. So it's not just you know, what do I do well, but also what's going to make me happy, what's going to make me feel fulfilled. So one of the things that probably prolonged me moving to this next step, besides the fact that, you know, it's just time. And sometimes you have to go through different um, periods before you get to the next step. But I was working on my doctorate and other degrees and credentials and things like that. And so I had kind of like a built in excuse of, you know, when I finish my doctorate, then I'm going to do X, Y, Z. So now I'm done. You know, so now it's time to do X, Y, Z. And like I tell people all the time, I do really well when there's a specific plan for me to follow. I follow directions very well. So in college, I always did well. And you've probably heard this story before and you'll probably hear it again. But in college, I always do really well because there's a syllabus. It tells you what to do. It tells you when it's due. And it tells you how to do it. All you got to do is just follow the plan. But when you're in a different situation and you're doing your next thing, you're having to make the plan. You have to determine what that plan is and how it will look. And so that's a lot more difficult because that's the creation phase. It's just like writing a dissertation. It's easy to critique somebody else's work and research is more difficult to do your own. So I'm there. I'm having to implement my own plan. So when you're making this plan, you want to make a plan with hard deadlines and measuring points. That was one thing that always worked for me. And so in doing my plan, I want to do the same thing. I want to give myself deadlines and guides and parameters as to how it's going to look, when I'm going to do it, how will I know I've achieved a certain point. 
So a lot of you may, especially in education and other professional fields, you always hear about SMART goals. They're specific, measurable, actionable. Some people say achievable, um, relevant, and they have time that's attached to it. And some people say realistic. The letters kind of change, but the, the concept is still the same. Specific, measurable, something that's actionable, realistic, some kind of time associated with it. But there's also smarter goals. And they they come from different places. And so the E could either be exciting. I've heard ecological before. The R, I've heard risky. I've heard rewarding. But I feel like all of that is... Uh, much more relevant to when you're doing something personal. It might be risky. Definitely, it needs to be rewarding. It needs to be exciting. Something that's going to keep you um, motivated to continue doing this. So you develop, for me, I'm having to develop smarter goals for my for my next step, for my plan, because that's what helps me get um, motivated and be successful. So I was so super excited that my supervisor came to us with this uh, professional development on a planner, which at first I was like, who needs to take a three hour development on using a planner? Like how difficult could this planner possibly be? But I took the I took the training because this was a part of me implementing my personal and professional goals. So I went ahead and took the training and you also got a free planner with it. So that was cool, too. And it was very comprehensive. And in that planner, you did have to write down goals. You did have to write down timelines. You did have to to write down specific actions that you would take. So that was just perfect for me. That particular planner was perfect for me because it totally aligned with what I was doing and moving myself to the next level anyway. And in that, it had a, a component where we had to develop smarter goals, specific, measurable, all of that. So I developed smarter goals. And I'm actually in the process of completing those. And when you did those goals, I mean, you broke it down to daily, you know, weekly, monthly, daily, sometimes even hourly actions that you would do so that you could complete whatever goals you set in place. So that was pretty neat for me. Um, The next thing that I have to do after I've already decided that I'm going to have to make a plan, I've had to focus on what it is I want to do. I've had to make a plan. So now I'm going back to work. And my work ethic is a little bit different. I'm absolutely giving 100% because now I want to work on or build habits that will benefit me in the next phase of my career and my professional life. So one of the things that I've noticed that I struggle with is like time management. And it's not a time management as in, you know, I'm late because that was something I worked on previously. Like I wanted to be respectful of time and and other people's time and my time. So I wanted to make sure I got places on time or early or what have you. But my time management was like over committing. I can do everything. Like I would build in any hour of the day that was not filled with something. I would find a way to put some work in there. But what I wasn't finding time was to do was to rest. Like you get home from work. I get home, let's just say at 530 you don't automatically plan something for 531 because you you need to kind of unwind and decompress from that day and get yourself together. And that was a problem that I was having is someone would call me with uh, a request. 
can you do this? You want to meet me here? And I would be like, I get home at 530. Can I meet you at six? Absolutely. I'll just change shoes and I'll be there at six o'clock instead of saying, you know, can I meet you at seven or what have you? So um, that was just one of the examples of something that I want to evaluate. Even at work, I overcommit. I felt like I didn't want to be in my office because I wanted to be fully engaged and immersed in the educational setting when I was at school. The problem was if I spent my whole day in classrooms, in the cafeteria, on the playground, in the gym, you know, observing you, giving you feedback in this meeting, in that meeting, there are clerical tasks that need to be done by me, you know, reports that might need to be completed. And I did not schedule time to do that because I wanted everybody to see my face and see how busy and involved and engaged I was instead of being realistic and saying, here's the time that I'm going to be out and about. And here's the time that I'm going to get my my school work and clerical work completed. So what happens then is if I spend eight to four in the classrooms and dealing with students and teachers and parents and families, then what happens when I get home? that's when I was having to complete other tasks that are work-related. So now the the sacrifice is my family. And so that's one of the things that I'm going to kind of work on during this time as I prepare for my next journey is just perfecting some of the things that I don't do so well in my current position. And it, it takes, you know, a real hard, good hard look at yourself to say, you are not being efficient or effective in this area. You are not doing this well. So that's what I plan on doing in this next phase. So I want to wrap it up because I like to keep all of my podcasts relatively short. My theory is like you'll listen to it if you can listen to it on the way to work and not miss out on any of it. You'll hear the whole thing or maybe you're taking a walk around the, the neighborhood or something. So I want it to be brief and concise, but I want it to also be beneficial. So I'm going to conclude by saying this, take your time, get out there, relax, rejuvenate, renew. That's when all of your good thoughts are going to come as far as how you move to the next level or what you can even do better in your present level. Because let's face it, everyone is not ready to move to the next level. Sometimes you just got to the level where you are. You want to, you know, kind of work that out. You know, so everybody's not ready to move at the same time, but you can be ready to do better where you are or where you think you might be going. So take that time. You cannot work 24 hours a day, seven days a week to be the ultimate whatever your position is, you know, and just try to prove to everybody that you are worthy of that. Know within yourself that you can't be effective if you don't take that time for yourself to just relax, decompress and get your mind right. And that's okay. So take the time for yourself, and then you'll really understand what's important to you and what you desire. And if you're ready to move to the next level, then you're going to design your plan. What am I going to do? That time to yourself, let me tell you, looking out at a lake and seeing a fish splash in it or seeing a turtle or something, you know, in the water will really give you time to just realize that everything is not um, that nine to five busy, hurry, get it done. You know, you don't have to be stuck to your computer every day. So take that time, decompress, use it to come up with your plan. So nature helps me, whatever helps you get involved in that or get immersed in that so that you can come up with a realistic plan. Next, 
develop parameters and guidelines that will allow you to implement the plan. So like I said, I follow directions very well. The difference is now I'm making my own directions. I'm making my own timeline. I'm making my own measurable goals and determining how I'm going to measure them. So do that. Develop your guidelines that you can use to implement your plan. And then finally, do it. That's probably the hardest step. I'm sure many of you listening have already done several of the things that I've told you. We all, we've been doing self-care for a while. That's big, especially in education, is the emphasis on self-care because that's just, we don't do it. Um, so there's been an emphasis there. So you've heard that before. You know about, you know, deciding what's important to you and what makes you happy. We've heard that before. We know that we have to come up with a plan and design it and smart goals. That's not a new term. Smarter goals. That's not a new term. We know about that. The hardest part is doing it. So I'm going to encourage you as I encourage myself, get out there, decide what your dream is, and then do it. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. This is Dr. Robin. Please subscribe and I hope to see you or hear from you again. Thank you all for listening. I hope you all subscribe to Let's Get Real About Education with Dr. Robin. Don't forget, you got to remember where you came from to know where you're going.